Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to SFP Now. Another exciting episode of SFP Now uh, here on Sci-Fi Pulse Radio. Um, we got a pretty cool interview today for you guys. Um, it's with um, a guy called Andrew Chalmers, who's done a fantastic um, audio uh, series which is available online. It's called Doctor Who Dark Journey, and it's kind of um, it's kind of um, in, in an alternate continuity. It's basically um, what if the 2005 series hadn't have started and um you know paul mcgann regenerated in into into another another doctor that wasn't christopher eccleston and and that's basically the premise behind the show and it's um and it's a really cool show it's in its second series now which um and and the whole second series is out and in the second series the doctor gets to meet sherlock holmes um Anyway, without further ado, I'm just going to run the interview and you guys can sort of like check out what Andrew has to say for, for, about the show and, and everything else. Okay, I'd like to welcome um, Andrew Chalmers to the show. Um, he's um, actually um, one of the creators. Are you one of the creators of um, of, of the Dot Two fan fan audio that journey? Just yes, checking. Yes, Mike. yes, absolutely. Uh, Mike <laughs> and I, um, Ma, as uh, as we call him, um, are the guys behind it. So so blame us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all, all, all I'll say is you, you you guys sent me this press release uh, last week for 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 your second series. Of Dark Journey, and um, I've got to say, it kind of uh, intrigued me. Um, you know, a Canadian uh, Dot Who audio series, um, which which is kind of doing its own thing, and um, you know, and and the fact that you got you know a Dot Who meets Sherlock Holmes um, storyline going for this new new series as well, kind of got me intrigued because that'd be the ultimate. See, you know, having the Doctor and Sherlock hang out together because they're kind of like both complete opposites of the same coin. Yeah. You know, Sherlock aspires to be a god and the Doctor's song like, trying so hard to be human. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way of, uh, uh, of actually describing it. I mean, uh, we, uh, we came up with the idea a long time ago. It was, it was written before all the, all the current you know, Sherlock uh, hype, there, was, there were no movies, there was nothing on the BBC. It was written, uh, I think, 2008, 2009, um, and we sort of based it on a, a classic Holmes from the late 18th century. Uh, and, and because of that, we also threw in Jack the Ripper, 
because that was around the same time. Well, we made it around the same time, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, what you, so the actual idea behind behind um, that journey is, does that go back to 2008 or just the actual storing end of, of um, having Sherlock Holmes with, with the Doctor? Uh, well, kind of the same for, for each of them. Um, I was writing um, a script. Uh, I was doing one or two uh, writing courses, uh, screenplay courses at the University of, uh, of Toronto. And uh, I was also writing a lot of scripts um, that I was hoping to submit and, you know, spec scripts. And I did an episode of uh, The Office, uh, the U.S. version of The Office. And I, I wanted to do, you know, Doctor Who even though I was advised not to do Doctor Who because, you know, it was so sort of established. But I thought, well, what the hell, and I'll have a bash at it. And that's basically what it was. I thought, okay, Holmes and the Doctor. Um, but like I said, I was brought up on each of them. Um, but it was before all the uh, the hype and the movies and, and all the rest of it, hence the, uh, the 1888 Holmes, uh, wonderfully played by Roy Miranda, who um, is a Brit. I mean, we all live over here uh, in Toronto, Canada, but there is a British influence with a lot of expats uh, involved. Roy actually won an Audioverse Award uh, for playing Sherlock Holmes for season one. So uh, that's, that was, you know, wonderful. We, we got a few nominations. I was nominated for writing. Um, <clears throat> didn't win um, that. Obviously, I'm going to have to, you know, bribe them with more money for season two. But Roy got the award, which was which was fantastic. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been really, uh, it, it's been really fantastic. But it's, the overall thing has been on the go now for seven years. Wow! So you know you, you've you've taken seven years to do to do two seasons, which you know kind of goes to show how much um, how much work and and preparation does go into these things. You know, I mean, they say it all the time. In the you know, you have um, you have films and TV series that are kind of like gestating in in in, in pre production, like for for eternity sort of thing, and yeah, you know. Um, yeah, well, the, the original, it, it does take a long time. The, I wrote the script and it sort of kind of sat on a table for five years. So I would say that, I would say that season one, uh, the idea, and Mike was the, was the driving force behind the idea. Mike and I had done other stuff before. We've done a few pilots and podcasts and uh, radio stuff. Uh, but the idea to make an audio uh, adventure or a, a podcast, whatever you want to call it, uh, came about a couple of years ago. So I would probably say that season, from the idea, which came up in a Chinese restaurant, um, we probably took about seven months from the original idea to the release. So the original idea, then we have to cast it, then we have to audition people, and then we have to alter the script for audio because the script was originally done for TV. Um, so you, things work on TV, things don't work on audio. So you have to, you have to rewrite certain scenes so you can explain to the audience what's going on. Season two has been on the go since last November when we recorded it, um, in studio. So season two is a bit more advanced. There's more episodes, uh, there are longer episodes. There's more action sequences, which are a, a, a real challenge. We had one sound engineer for season one. And for season two, we've got about seven. Uh, plus, we have uh, we have Joshua Hemmings, who's like our um, he's like our, our own John Williams. He composes the music, uh, which we've had a lot of wonderful compliments about. And it's all down to Josh, really. He, he really is a maestro 
when it comes to that. So we've had a lot of support in the second season, but we needed it because it was quite ambitious after season uh, after season one reaction mm-hmm. from from the people, and we ended on a huge cliffhanger uh, as well for season one. Well, that's very daring. <laughs> yeah, it was. A lot of people thought that was the end, actually, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't listen to season one but uh, people were like is that it that's a bit of a depressing way to end and we're like no 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 there is going to be season two just we need to get it done but it does I mean it's it hours and hours going to you know looking and listening to like a 12 minute episode the sound the effects the music the the editing it really is uh it's minute work but when you get it like anything else like you know Ian with the podcast you do it's, it's a feeling of of achievement uh, as well, especially when we can share it with with people. I mean, we're fans ourselves, mm-hmm. so you know, for fans, obviously, by the fans, for fans, whatever our slogan is. Yes, <laughs> so it's kind of like giving something back. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It is really. We we want to re- um, reciprocate the the affection um, and the welcome that we've had, which is why we're doing the um, the launch on uh, basically all of our friends' websites uh, who supported us um, in season one. Uh, and all the all the information is on uh, is on our, our website. So it, yeah, the whole thing's been been wonderful, uh, and, and the best thing has been the people that we've we've met. I say it in every interview, but it's the truth. Yeah, well, um, just just very quickly um, for those that you know are maybe not uh, come across uh, that journey yet, um, could you could you kind of you know, briefly you know touch on describe the uh, the story without giving too much away? Because you know, yeah. for, for one thing, you got Dot Who and you got Sherlock Holmes. Um, are, are they working together? Or are they kind of like working at opposite ends to each other? Right. Well, um, a little bit of each, really. But the the where we open up in season one is the Doctor basically emerges at a press conference held by Scotland Yard, uh, who have basically handed the case over to Sherlock Holmes. London's in uproar. And the Doctor uh, basically becomes companion to Holmes because Watson is away in Edinburgh um, recuperating from an injury. So Holmes basically is needs a companion. He, he needs a Doctor, if you, if you know what I mean. So my doctor becomes his companion uh, to unravel uh, the mystery of the Jack the Ripper murders, which obviously are plaguing London. Um, throughout the course of the five episodes, uh, it's revealed that there's um, an alien presence. Uh, we look at why the murders are committed. Nothing is as it seems. Uh, the doctor meets a, a mysterious young lady called Cassandra, uh, who he has a bit of a link with. Uh, meets uh, Emily Hudson, who is looking after Holmes, um, and it kind of unravels from there at the end, leaving leaving it in well, leaving the end of season one very bleak. Uh, but that's why we have season two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which which doctor is it, is it is it supposed to be? Is it song like um, an alternate universe sort of thing, where it's kind of just your own doctor, or is it song like? Um, one of the 12 Doctors that we've had already? Right. Well, this is that's an interesting question because originally it was written when no one had heard of the 11th or the 12th or the War Doctor. So originally I thought, oh, I'll have Mr. Tennant in it. I'll do David Tennant. It'll be 45 minutes. I didn't... When I wrote the script, there was no inkling of doing an audio adventure, so it wasn't a case of I, I would certainly not... Um, ever tried to attempt a lame impersonation of, you know, David Tennant. 
Um, but obviously since then, we've made it and we've had all these other doctors. But the idea, after we dropped the idea of having tenants, we thought, let's have a doctor on his last legs. Let's, let's have a doctor on his last regeneration. So that was the idea. So if my doctor would, was to die, then he doesn't know what's going to happen. In his mind, that's it. Now, obviously, since then, we've had Matt Smith and we've had the extension of the regeneration cycle. Um, but my doctor originally was going to be on his last legs which we thought was added drama. Uh, he's also rather dark. He's haunted by the events of the Noble Project, which are not revealed, only hinted at in season one. Um, but he's haunted by these, and he's, he's rather dark at times. Uh, he's obviously still the doctor, but he's got a, an edge to him, which I'm very happy to say a lot of people have sort of picked up in reviews, which is which is good because, you know, we're not professionals, right? So it's nice when you intend something and it sort of comes off in the translation. Cool. Um, so um, it's, it's got to meet Sherlock Holmes, um, you yeah. know, chasing, chasing after Jack the Ripper. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it kind of sounds a little bit like uh, the Philip Hinchcliffe era. Is that kind of what you're trying to channel? Um, I don't think we're trying to channel that, but I, I think that it is influenced uh, influenced by that. Along, I mean, I, I love that era um, uh, of Doctor Who, and I love a lot of that Who was based on. Uh, sort of like horror stories and things like that. So yeah, I would I would go along with that. We didn't try and you know channel that, but it would be something that wouldn't be out of place um, in that kind of era. You know, the feel of it, uh, London, and I mean a lot of people. I mean, I I, I love the uh, Wang Chiang. Uh, I love that. So that's probably an influence. Uh, many years ago, I saw a great uh, film called Murder by Decree, mm -hmm. uh, which had Sherlock Holmes up against Jack the Ripper. So, you know, there's always been that aspect to it. So I think, you know, there's all sorts of influences, you know, kind of for it. But, uh, yeah, it would be it would be good to um, it would be good to to have it slot into Hinchcliffe's universe kind of some way. Yeah, that would be that would be fantastic and quite a nice compliment. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Was a uh, was you know murder by a decree? That was the one with Christopher Plummer in, right? Christopher, yes, yes, that that's brilliant, Ian. Because not many people. Um, I'm always <laughs> always encouraging people to go watch Murder by Decree. The interesting thing about Murder by Decree is is that Plummer, um, who is Canadian, a wonderful wonderful gentleman, and obviously still very much active in the business. Uh, he plays Holmes absolutely brilliantly. Um, there's a brilliant scene with him and Watson and a P.E. on Fork. Do you remember that? Yep, I do. It's um, right. I've seen it. I've only ever seen it twice, but I have seen it. Um, yeah. It's kind of like one of those films that was on quite a lot in the yeah. 70s and 80s. And um, yeah. my, my yeah. dad was... Oh. A, my dad was a Sherlock Holmes fan, so was my sister, and um, we all were really. Um, I mean, I, I I grew up watching the the, the 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 repeats of the Basil Rathbone films on yeah, BBC Two. Same here, mate. Same here. My my mum got me into uh, uh, Rathbone, and uh, Watson was played by Nigel Bruce, I think. That's yeah, you know, and and Watson yeah. Watson was kind of you know. Because of the times they were made, they didn't want to um, have, have have Watson be as confident as Holmes. Yeah, you know? he was a bit more of a like almost like a bumbling buffoon Holmes. Like Holmes was always sort of like ahead of him that he was quite uh, 
uh, heroic. Do we watch, the, have you ever heard of The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes? A film from the, I think a film from the early 70s. Um, I've heard of it. I don't think I've actually seen that one, though. Very interesting. We um, we watched it uh, the other day, and um, Mark Gatiss actually uh, credited this with influencing uh, the series when uh, Moffat and, uh, and him got together to make it. So there was something uh, around. I mean, Holmes and Watson are always the same, really. I mean, there's always that kind of, if you read the books, you know, the books are fantastic uh, reading. They're almost timeless in a way. Uh, but it's always the same uh, in terms of the dynamic. But uh, it's good. It's very entertaining uh, as well. A little bit different, um, uh, you know, kind of angle and sort of aspect of you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, I've got a feeling that, you know, you, you, you being originally from Scotland, you probably had a similar sort of like uh, upbringing to me, you know, 70s and 80s. Sean Combs yeah. on the TV every every um, every Friday night, um, yeah. coinciding with the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. Um, and when it wasn't that, it was Tarzan, and when it wasn't that, they just did a season of sci-fi movies. So yeah, yeah, there was always something floating around, like a, a West World, or um, you know, this kind of late at night, you might you might come across something like The Wicker Man that would scare you senseless. Mm-hmm. You know that that kind of sort of aspect to it. But I'm always I'm always plugging Murder by Decree. It's directed by a Canadian, Bob Clark, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was filmed in Canada because they often used. Montreal, uh, old Montreal is often actually doubled as Victorian London for many, many uh, Holmes versions that have been done over here. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that it's got the Canadian uh, aspect to it um, as well, much like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of interesting, you know, from, from Mancunian as, you know, uh, point of view, um, that right. the, the, um, the recent Sean Holmes films with uh, Robert Downey, they actually yeah. shot... Um, scenes of Victorian London um, along the Manchester Ship Canal. Yes, yes, I, I remember sort of avidly looking on websites and looking at behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting. I love the chase um, sequence in the first one that ends up in that massive warehouse and next to the water when I think Holmes takes on the massive like French guy. Yep. Uh, I, that that to me is is a brilliant um, action sequence. I love those movies. I mean, once again. You know, people complain about things. People are always complaining about something, whining and everything. But at the end of the day, Holmes is quite an accomplished martial artist uh, in the books. Yeah, so no. to have, Yeah, you know what I mean? So to have him slugging it out with someone, it's not... It's, it's almost like Bond. You know, people say, you know, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. In the book created by Ian Fleming, he is... He's, a, he's an agent of the government. You know, if the government say to, you know, to Bond, go and kill this guy, he'll go and do it without question. The movies romanticize and the actors become almost like the character. And then when they go back to the source material, they're criticized. But um, it's very, very interesting. But Holmes is a, he's a martial artist and he, he, he obviously does all sorts of things, you know, but uh, that's what makes him, uh, you know, such a, a hell of a character. That's why he's, He's around now and always will be. Yeah, and you know, and also with the Bond, you know, we talk get, getting back on Bond a second. Um, yeah. You know, Casino Royale. Um, for me, I think Craig's Bond is about the closest to the Bond that was that that we had in the books. Only yeah. obviously, the Bond that we had in the books was more of a, more of a male chauvinist because he was kind yeah. of like 
I think uh, Fleming based Bond on very much on 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 his own viewpoint and his own experiences. Yeah, yeah Fleming seemed to be. Um, I think he enjoyed this sort of uh, rumor that he was basically James Bond. Uh, you know, maybe he kind of furthered that or whatever. But he's supposed to. Um, he, once again, very interesting character. Um, but he was supposed to model a lot of that on his his real life. But, you know, Bond in the books is is quite an unpleasant sort of guy. I mean, he's a, like you said, he's he's a sexist, he's a heavy drinker, he's he's a little bit on the pathological side, he's got a lot of problems, and he's a blunt instrument that will basically come down on whoever he's ordered to come down on. You know, you get Sean Connery and especially Roger Moore, and then it starts to go through a process where people think Roger Moore is James Bond. He is on film, but the source material uh, has been heavily deviated away from. But that's how it survives, and, and that's how it thrives, and that's why we've got uh, we have a movie coming out this year because it is able to adapt, which is fantastic and admirable. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be an interesting one, wouldn't it? You know, so like Doctor Who meets Bond. Yeah, we've we've had, we've had a lot of people suggest uh, all sorts of crossovers. I know that there was a there was a contest a few months ago, and um, people uh, people responded to a question we asked about what would you like to see as a crossover. I think Batman was uh, was one of the favourites. Uh, in that, but uh, it, yeah, they're 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 easier said than done. You know, they're 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 easier said than done uh, as far as that's uh, that's concerned. But when you, uh, but it's interesting to think about like a mashup. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's it's kind of like um, like like I said earlier on. Um, it's kind of interesting to have the Doctor and Holmes because they're kind of you know complete opposites. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of guessing in, in the relationship of them working together, there's bound to be quite a bit of friction between the two of them. Yeah, there, there is. There is a little bit of. Uh, I mean, right from the word go, you know, the doctor's almost sort of in awe of Holmes. Like he's, he's almost sort of. Um, it's almost the same as the the Christopher Eccleston third episode, the Unquiet Dead, where the doctor's very much in awe of Charles Dickens. Because um, I like that episode, uh, I love that episode uh, as well. So once again, there's a bit of an influence there. Um, they kind of go when when the doctor gets something wrong, Holmes picks it up. When Holmes gets something wrong, obviously the doctor picks it up. The the the, the main thing we wanted to avoid was having Holmes like a almost playing Watson to the doctor's Holmes, if you know what I mean. Holmes is very much a, an equal partner in this, but there's a bit of a madcap quality to the Doctor, which doesn't always um, always sit well with Holmes, who's very methodical, whereas the Doctor's obviously working a lot on his instincts and his knowledge of sort of alien threats and things like that. So there's a lot of humour in it as well. I mean, I don't want anyone thinking it's a depressive... Uh, <laughs> a depressive escapade. There's quite a lot of, of humour in it. We had a lot of fun making it, and a lot of the scenes we, we ad-libbed um, with the actors, Roy and I and Mike, threw around a lot of lines to come up with. Uh, the, the wine gum scene from, I think, episode four of season one was a big favourite. Uh, the magnifying glass scene where Holmes is trying to get the truth about the Doctor's feelings about Cassandra out of him, and he's He's looking at him through his magnifying glass and things like that. So there's a little bit of a comedic element to them as well, which we love because, you know, we like to have a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I can actually see that uh, that working very well, you know, because in, obviously the friction between two characters would be opposite sides of the same coin. 
You know, yeah. Holmes, be, Holmes aspiring to be, be, be better than human and, yeah. and the Doctor is sort of like trying to go the other way. Yeah, um, he's trying to sort of, you know, fit in and be more of the, the everyman. Um, and, and certainly we, we extend this in season two uh, where the, the journey that continues for Holmes and the Doctor, we wanted to make it more, whether we've succeeded, we don't know, but the original ambition was to make it more than there's a problem, they show up, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a showdown, everyone buggers off and goes back to the homes. We wanted it to be more on the personal side for each of them. So as they descend into this, almost like a supernatural element to the story. Um, season one was basically like a murder mystery, whereas season two is like a supernatural horror story. So there's, there's a different theme. You're not concerned with who Jack the Ripper is in season two. You're concerned about the extension and, and how these things have, have all developed. But in season one, who's the Ripper is very much a theme. But in season two, it's very, very, very uh, personal for each of them. And they rely on each other. And we, we, we hear, I always say speak audio, so you hear. Uh, we really are able to hear their relationship kind of, you know, develop um, and how they are there for each other um, as well, which that was the intention. Like I said, hopefully, it'll, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully it's come off. Mm-hmm. Can you see your, um, can you see your, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a mod, it's a audio, it's AM audio media, right? Yeah, AM audio media, Andrew and Mike. So A is Andrew, Mike is, um, uh, Mike's the M, uh, audio media. Yeah, and the, the, um, uh, the, you know, the joke we always talk about is we're looking for a Harry to join the, uh, you know, the team so we can be ham audio media. <laughs> And pigs may fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting to us. Some people might already say that we've already achieved the ham element of it, but uh, you know, that, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Well, can, can you see yourselves, say, in about another twenty years' time, um, actually, um, you know, singing unique stories? You know, not necessarily Doctor Who, but you know, some something else that you guys have come up with yourself. Yeah. Well. Um... Um, uh, in, in twenty in twenty years, we, we'd probably the way things have gone for, for season two at times, we'd probably both be in some kind of psychiatric institution. But what we what we'd hope to do is we've got various things um, that we're presently uh, hoping to uh, make happen. Uh, the next project we're going to be, which is very much uh, basically at the at the writing stage, we've got six episodes uh, planned out. Um, is um, an exploration of uh, fandom, uh, all fandom, but we want to we want to sort of bend it around a romantic comedy. Um, so that's going to be the next project. Uh, some familiar faces, not faces, it's audio. You see, I can't stop saying that. Some familiar voices from um, uh, from uh, the first two seasons of Dark Journey will be involved. So that's going to be the next thing. Uh, we've got Hipsterhood. Uh, which is also uh, in development and the casting stages at the moment, uh, which is the ups and downs of uh, uh, the youth in um, uh, sort of a hipster area of uh, Toronto. And we also have a a comedic venture with a a very funny comedian called Atway Atway, who's done a lot of stuff for us, the master of a thousand voices. So we're doing a comedic sci-fi thing with him, which may or may not be modeled 
uh, on a popular BBC show, but uh, who knows? There's a clue there. Cool. And the reason I asked you that question um, about maybe in about 20 years' time, you're actually having, having yourself set up as an acting audio company, is sure. because uh, last year I was lucky enough to, uh, to, to do an interview with Nicholas Briggs, um, who, really? as you know, he's kind of like the um, head producer at Big Finish and the voice of the yeah. Daleks. Fantastic, um, yeah, I've been and the old tones and all, mm-hmm. all, all yeah, all the Exactly, and um, I basically asked him how Big Finish came about, and it came about because, you know, it was him and a couple of other fans, and, you yeah. know, it came about by just being be, being something that, 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 that a couple of fans were doing for, for other fans, and, they were, you know, they were, they were singing these things at conventions. Yes, um, yes, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a very interesting story. Uh, I mean, it's... It, it is kind of what uh, we did. I mean, we don't make any any money off of this. It's all done. I mean, if anything, it costs us money to to put things together, and it certainly takes a lot of time. But at the end of the day, we love doing it, and we we love the fact that we can we can share it with people, and uh, and people find it um, interesting. Um, you know, as we've always said, it's uh, made made by fans for the fans, so that's always been our intention. But maybe to do something non-Doctor Who related, um, we have no shortage of ideas, uh, Hipsterhood, um, obviously, and the other ones I mentioned being on the on the burner at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it going to be, you mean, you got, you, we've got season two, um, which is being released um, as, as we speak. Yeah, um, the, uh, episode three is premiering uh, tomorrow on uh, Who Was? Uh, that's the Age of Banishment. Um, you, can, you can go to AM Audio Media, uh, our official website, and you can also check out the Facebook page. Um, as, as I said, they're all free. Uh, season one comprises five episodes. Season two is going to be... Seven episodes plus an epilogue. It's all free. It's all. It's on iCloud. You can you can download it. Yeah, mm. have is, it with our blessing, please. Is there a season three in the works? Um, there is there there is a trailer. There is a trailer that we recorded for a hypothetical season three. Yes, there there is a trailer. Um, so I guess the answer to that is is yes, there is something. We we got we had some fun with it, and what we did was everyone loves the when when they did the Christmas specials, the Doctor Who, and then you saw what was coming up in a few months, and you get those fast cut trailers. So we quite fancied recording scenes for stories that didn't actually exist in their um, as a whole story. So little sound bites to get you you know to get you interested. We've got uh, we've got the Daleks in Scotland. Um, during the Highland clearances, for example. So we did one of those trailers, and there's, and there's interesting ideas uh, in those trailers for stories that would fit very nicely into the dark uh, journey universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we would love to do them. We would, we would love to, we'd love to do this every day, and and you know, and but you have to pay the bills, right? So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the starving I, artist, right? it, it's kind, it's kind of funny. You said Daleks in Scotland. I just envisaged Daleks speaking with Scottish accents and taking part yeah. in the Highland Games. <laughs> that would be well. We had uh, we had exterminate the caber, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, 
we had uh, we had Ricky, who's a Yorkshire lad, and Ricky, uh, he was our um, every. Uh, we're always thanking people um, in AM Audio Media, which is not a bad which is not a bad thing to do, and we will never forget, you know, to do it either. But uh, Ricky was our featured um, artist for, for episode two um, uh, last week, which was the case of the Poison Sky. We highlight an artist and an, an actor, and we talk about them, and you know our experience with them and. Uh, in that episode, uh, Ricky, Ricky can do voices for everybody. He can do Rainbow, he can do Zippy and George, he can do Davros, he can do the Daleks, he plays uh, Inspector Gull in Dark Journey. He's one of those guys in the studio, oh, oh, we, we need this, I'll do it. What, what accent would you want me to do? I can do, I can, I can play Watson, I'll do him as a Scot and stuff like that. But he was, um, uh, we, we came up with the idea to do Yorkshire Daleks, which were quite funny, so... Having the Daleks accented is kind of is kind of an interesting thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, our Dalek song had to come from Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that is, but your song okay. had to come from Birmingham. No, no, yeah, like Birmingham, or exterminate, or yeah. They're slightly, they're a bit more energized, and they're like, um, they're a bit more energized than that. I got, I was at the airport uh, in Birmingham. And I was trying to take Marmite back to Toronto. And the lady there who, well, I didn't realize it when you were not able to do it. So I put Marmite in my cake. It goes through the x-ray machine and the lady's looking at it rather puzzled. You can see it's a classic, the profile of a Marmite thing. And she looked at me and she said, have you got Marmite in this case? And I'm like, yes. And I, I lost my Marmite in, uh, you know, Birmingham. So... Um, but it wasn't exterminated, so it was okay. <laughs> Dear me. Okay, well, uh, Andrew, thanks for your time. It's been great having you on the show. Yes, thanks for your time, and uh, um, all the best with the next 15 years of your uh, wonderful online endeavours, my friend. Oh, well, um, thanks for that. I mean, hopefully we can last another 15 years. <laughs> I'm surprised oh, I'm we lasted sure this sure long. We will. I'm sure you will. We'll all, be that, we'll all be in that retirement home together that I mentioned. <laughs> Aye. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew. Right. No okay. problem at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, that's about all we have time for uh, this week. Um, I'd like to thank you, as always, for listening, and um, also encourage you to check out uh, other great interviews here at SciFiPulseRadio.com. Um, but also ask you to check out Genre Tainment, which is um, a show on on our channel, which is done by uh, Marts and Junie Pyle. Um, you know, they they do a lot of you know great interviews with uh, with writers, producers, web series creators, and. And um, they they have a little bit more of a you know, a different song like approach to what I do, and and it's really cool to sort of listen to those guys. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't plug them if I wasn't listening to their shows myself. <laughs> um, so I'd like to encourage you to uh, check those out. And also, um, if you've not already, um, we we're actually on Blog Talk Radio now. Um, we've got a we've got a cha- own channel on Blog Talk Radio. It's bloodtalkradio.com forward slash um, SFP now. Um, and we're part of something called the uh, League of Geeks Network on there. And, um, you know, and that network is made up of uh, SFP now, genre and and 
um, a really cool show uh, called Super Geeked Up, which um, airs its new episodes every Wednesday evenings on um, on, on on YouTube, and, and they do a live cast on, on, on Google as well. Um, but as always, uh, thanks for listening to SFP now. We'll be back at you again real soon. We've got more great interviews coming up. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, back at you soon.